Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. Retirement can be the biggest game of your life and the longest. Here on Success in the New Retirement today with Damon and Matt, I'm Jennifer Perry, and we're going to talk about those who have to plan for an extra long retirement and how to get your game plan together for that. And we're going to do that with uh, NFL retired superstar Tim Brown, guys, who uh, won the Heisman Trophy when he was at Notre Dame back in the day. He played for the Raiders, the Buccaneers as well. And he's been retired now since 2004. But here's a guy who's only in his 50s. So as much of a challenge as it is for most of us to plan for an average retirement today, which could last 20, 30 years or more, I mean, these guys are planning for an extra long retirement. Think about the challenge that they have ahead of them. We talk about, we'll do uh, workshops um, that uh, some of them four hours, some of them one hour, and we're talking and we're educating people about retirement. And one of the things we do bring up is that today's generation that's retiring is living about 14 and a half years longer than their grandparents. So just in one generation, they are living, you know, they're adding 15 years to retirement, which means they've got to account for that. And the biggest fear, as we've mentioned before, is that they're going to outlive their money. And so, yeah, gosh, if an NFL player is looking at their career and they look at how short it is, I mean, they're talking about planning for retirement that could be 50, 60 years, even though I think most of them go on and do something else. Sure. But the fact is, is that a longer retirement means more planning and your average retiree is going to live longer. And so a good plan is very necessary for them to be successful and do the things they've always dreamt of doing in their retirement. You know, I meet with a client right now and he's 53 and his wife is 39. And so, you know, they just started having kids and things like that. And so I, I was having this conversation with them. I said, you know, the biggest challenge you're going to have with your retirement is your retirement is going to be 10, 15, maybe even 20 years longer than most people. And he's Mm -hmm. kind of like, well, why? And I'm like, well, you're probably going to want to retire within the next 15 years. But yet that means your wife is still in her early 50s. Right. Which means, again, it's possible, again, if she lives into her 90s or 100, I mean, who knows with medical technology, that could be a 45-year retirement for her. Yeah. And again, a good part of that, because men don't live as long as women and he's that much older, again, she's going to be doing that with one Social Security benefit for part of that time, for probably mm. a good portion of that time. Yeah. So we, we had this conversation basically saying he's got to plan out a longer retirement than the usual person because of that scenario. And so, you know, he, he's they're now regretting marrying a younger woman, I guess. You know. <laughs> I kind of doubt that. For about but. two seconds. <laughs> yeah. I think it was about two seconds yeah. long he regretted it. But it's the same with some of these athletes. Again, they're they're retiring in their, you know, mid-30s, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're saying, okay, now I've got to make sure this money lasts for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And so, again, the same principles that you would build a financial plan that's going to work no matter if you live 15 or 20 years, you would apply those. You just have to extend the numbers out and kind of do some cost of living adjustments to build into that plan so it's successful down the road. But the key is starting to have a plan, putting that together so you know what you should be doing, what, what you should be allocating funds to, and having some strategies in place that would, would allow you to accomplish your goals. And luckily, guys, when you caught up with Tim recently, he explained that he actually prepared himself for a very short career. Let's listen in to that interview. Tim, thanks for joining our podcast. Uh, We appreciate you being here today. No problem. Good to be here. Uh, One of the questions I had is is I love college football. Mm -hmm. I'm not as big a pro fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. What did you like playing more? 
Oh, man, you know, college, man, it's so emotional and so much passion <laughs> in college football. You know, once you get to the NFL, it's a business, right? If you don't yeah. catch that ball on a week-to-week week week basis, you're not going to have a job. So, you know, it was a totally different focus and uh, different preparation going into uh, the pro game. So certainly the most fun I had was in college, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, now, you had a, a pretty long career for mm-hmm. an NFL player. Was it hard to transition into, you know, quote-unquote retirement? You know, I, I think the best thing that happened to me is my second year in the league, I tore my knee up, mm-hmm. and the doctors told me, Tim, you know, this is really bad. Um, we're going to do our best to get you back together, but uh, we're sort of recommending that you use that Notre Dame education that you have because and, and, maybe five years you have with this knee. And uh, so when you have that, when you have a doctor to tell you that, yeah. you know, you know, there was nothing I could do, right? But start preparing myself to leave the game, and that's what I did. I, I started a shoe company at the time uh-huh. when I was like 23, 24 years old. Um, so I started getting myself in a position where, especially when I got 27, 28, when it was time for that knee to go, go. I mean, every practice I went into, I literally thought it could be my last practice or last game. And uh, finally, when I turned 30, I'm like, Okay, hold on, you know, going into year nine, you know, the knee feels great, you know. And um, so I I started to have different goals, man. But um, but I I think that injury sort of gave my mind the opportunity to prepare um, to leave the game. And just so happened I had 15 years (laughs) to prepare myself. Kind of gave you a different perspective. No doubt. And what mentors did you have that kind of helped you make that transition or helped you on the business side of things, you know, outside of athletics? Well, you know, um, as far as football goes, you know, you always have guys in the locker room who will jump in and help you out. Um, you know, outside of the game, you know, I, I, my big brother was, uh, was a big mentor of mine, and we always talked about life after football. Uh, he's eight years older than me, so we, that was the number one thing on our list is this is all great. What are we going to do afterwards, you know? And um, I think that's what we tried to do uh, from a very, very early stage in my career is uh, we had talked about it even before I got hurt, but once I got hurt, all everything just sort of, you know, kicked into play. He came off of his job to work for me full time, you know, at that particular point, and that's what we started to do, build uh, the Lockerated One Enterprise, right, and, mm-hmm. um, and make sure that we were prepared to walk, walk away from the game. Awesome. I also understand you're you're involved with something called nine one one kids. Nine one one for kids. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell so, me a little bit about that and why you're passionate about it. Yeah, I have to tell you the introductory story. You know, Big Howie Long, uh, yeah. him and um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and Kathy Ireland started nine one one for kids. And in 1993, Howie was retiring. We all knew he was retiring, and um, he came in the locker room one day yelling and screaming. <laughs> and yelling and screaming my name. And I'm like, I don't know what I did to the big guy, but I don't want to see him right now. So I was hiding, trying to, you know, get away from him. The locker room was really small. He cornered me and, and literally said to me, I'm retiring and you're going to take over for me. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I figured the best thing to do was to say yes. So I just said, <laughs> okay. And um, he was like, Elise Kim will call you. And a couple of days later, I got a call from Elise Kim. And uh, we've been working that program ever since. So we're going into year 26 of the uh, with 911 for kids now and uh it's been you know quite the blessing for me to have the opportunity to honor kids who literally save lives by calling 911 at the proper time we also have a mentoring mini camp with 911 for kids that uh, we get a chance to uh, match kids with mentor dads uh-huh. um and um so it, it's been quite the blessing for me 
Yeah, well, you've really been blessed in your life, and uh, it's good that you you take the time to give back. Uh, Thank I think you. That's, Appreciate that. That's what it's all about. Um, one just kind of fun question, mm -hmm. um, you know, with your financial success and especially maybe early on, what was the funnest thing that you ever went out and bought? Oh man. I mean, you guys are, you know, financial people are going to scream when I say this, but <laughs> uh, my senior year, after my eligibility was up, um, I'm a Porsche guy, right? Okay. So I walked into a Porsche dealership and said, I want that 928S4 Porsche right there. Yeah. And the guy was like, okay, well, $70,000, we need you to put down like $9,000, whatever, some crazy number that I didn't have. <laughs> so I had, I had, literally, this is a true story. I had the cover of Sports Illustrated. I'd been on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and I had five hundred dollars cash. <laughs> and I said to him, "This is all I have." And he was like, "Man, get out of here!" Right? So this was in South Bend, Indiana, right? Yeah. So yeah. they don't sell too many Porsche. <laughs> yeah. Porsches. So the um, the owner of the place, you know, saw me going back to my getting in my Grand Am and the Pontiac Grand Am, and he was like, Tim, Tim, "Just this way." And I, I saw him like, you know, doing this to the, to the salesman, like. Da -da -da -da. <laughs> So the guy's like, come back in. Had, he had, you know, paper and pens. Like, okay, what do you want? So I bought a seventy thousand dollar car with the cover of Sports Illustrated and five hundred dollars. Now there was something called balloon papers that I was not aware of. Okay, that that ate my behind up for the next couple of years. But, uh, but yeah, that that's um, after that, my brother was like, okay, all right, we're not doing it. We're doing that again. No, we're not doing any papers, any more, uh, any more surprises like that. So I, I think for me that was it. But I had to have that portion. I kept it for about oh man, I had that thing for seventeen years and nice. Um, and I, I think I never got over fifty thousand miles on it. So, wow. but uh, we babied it for a while. So we took took good care of it. Well, it's always fun to to do something fun with yeah. you know with your yeah. success. And but it also sounds like you've done sort of a lot of smart things as well. And uh, we're, we're really a smart player as well. So. Yeah. Well, we we tried, man. You know, sometimes you know, as athletes, you get so caught up into doing what you do, you really need good people around you to be able to help you. Uh, because if, if I got to focus on being a great player, it's hard for me to do that and to be a great businessman or great financial guy. Um, but if you have good people around you, you can, you know, don't not worry about that and go do what you have yeah. to do. Do what you do well. That's right. right. All right. Well, thank you, right. Tim, for thank joining you. our show. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, super nice guy there, guys. Mm -hmm. But uh, as financial advisors, do you approve of the Porsche purchase that he made when he was just a kid? <laughs> well, I, I tried it. So I went in there with my picture and our podcast and thought, okay, this is how I'm going to get the Porsche. Right. And I, I, I don't didn't get see the same result. It. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. I, it's so weird. I don't get it. <laughs> oh, but at least he kept it for 17 years. So I, I was kind of yeah. glad to hear that, guys, especially if he had those balloon payments and uh, sounded like he too learned a lesson from that first major purchase. But I love that story from Tim. And obviously, a, a lot of interesting stuff in that interview, guys. I mean, first of all, he, with the knee injury, that was a good wake-up call for him. And I think even if you're an average retirement saver, sometimes it's your body that's telling you retirement might be here sooner than you expected, right? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I'm going to turn 46 here in a couple of months, and uh, your body starts to just be different. <laughs> it does. Um, but, you know, I think also we've all had different wake-up calls. I mean, so many people come in to talk to us and they, and we ask them about 2008 and they're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't do that again. And yet when we look at their portfolios, they're making the same mistakes they did way back then. And what I loved about what Tim said is, yeah, he made a kind of a, a silly 
choice about the the Porsche, but he learned from it and he gained perspective from the wake up call with his knee. And and a lot of times we're we're trying to help people look at the perspective and the the place that they're at in their life and to kind of give them that wake up call a little bit and say, Hey, look, you're not that far away. Mm-hmm. Right? You're you're fifty two years old and here it is. And, and, and what I liked about what Tim said and he kept saying was, you know, I, I, I enjoyed where I was, but I got people around me, my brother, my, my, these people that would help me to have that perspective to say, well, what's going to happen after when I can't do this anymore. And I think a lot of times we get so busy in our lives that we don't want to look at retirement or we think, Oh, it's that's, that'll take care of itself later. And really it won't. We have to do the things now and plan. And, and if we do that, then it's going to look so much better. And we're able to give back like he's doing, and we're able to do the things that we that we want to do with our families, with our friends, you know, with our churches, whatever it is that inspires us. Well, and you know, if you listen to that story, you know, he, after he got the Porsche and he realized, well, there's these balloon payments. I actually have to pay for this. They're not just <laughs> going to accept the Sports Illustrated as payment. That was kind of an eye opener to him. And then his brother stepped in and said, "Okay, we're not going to do that again." And so he yeah. started getting advice that kind of gave him direction. And then as he mentioned that, he said, you know, I realized that I needed good people around me to do what they're good at so I could focus on what I'm good at. And we see that every day. We have people that come in. We have doctors and lawyers and other people that are super smart, super educated, but they're focused on their career. That's their expertise. They're really good at that. And they turn to us and say, I recognize that I don't have a finance degree. I'm not focused on this every day. I'm not watching the markets. I'm not reading all the reports. I'm not looking at all the indicators. I want someone that's going to help me take care of this so I can do what I'm good at. And again, one of your most valuable resources as you're preparing for retirement is going to be your income. And again, most people in their 50s and 60s, they are making the most money they've ever made and they're spending the least amount towards you know, colleges and, and paying off debts and things like that. They're, they're getting to that point where they really can start investing and preparing for the future. And so again, the key is stay focused on what you're good at and continue to advance your career and make as much money as you can and, and really perfect your craft. But that might mean hiring people around you to take care of the things that you're not so good at so you can stay focused on the most important things. And I would say, Jennifer, that, you know, the reason I finished that interview with asking him something fun that he'd he'd done is because one of the, the funnest things that Matt and I do is being able to build a plan for someone and then watch them do the things that put light in their eyes. Yeah. That allows them to be excited. Because what's the point of having a plan and working, working to then just sit there and and do the same thing. You know, we do try to encourage people to, if there's money there to do it, go and do the things that inspire you. That's what's the great, you know, if you have money and you can do that and give back, that's inspiring. And that's one of the things that we love about our job is helping people get there. So I have a client I just met with and she's been a client for several years. Her husband passed away. She's been remarried and she's done really, really well. Her investments are growing really well. And she's, you know, more than a million dollars in the accounts. And she came in and she's like, you know, I'm thinking we want to spend a little bit more money. We're going to be buying a car. We're going to do some of those things. Is that okay? And we walked through that and I said, absolutely. You look at this thing, you could start spending this money and this money, and you're really not going to ever run out. And it was kind of an eye opener to her. Again, she's been cautious about that. And so sometimes people need permission to be able to spend. And so she's okay, well, you know, we have an old Prius. We are going to buy another one. 
And I was like, well, is that what you want? She's like, well, you know, I've had this. I, I've seen these Teslas driving around and they, you know, they're all electric. And I really think I sh- would like to do that. And, you know, if you know anything about me, I'm You're a pretty a big fan, fan of Tesla. Yeah. I, I like Teslas. <laughs> and so, you know, I had done the math on mine for how much I drive. And so I said, well, I think you need to come for a test drive. And so we went out and again, my car is not like the, the top of the line with that, but you know, she got in and we took off. And if you've ever been in a Tesla, you know, they'll take your breath away when you start, you know, when you put the pedal to the metal. And she might have said a bad word or two in excitement. You know, I, uh, we'll, we'll keep that under wraps. But but bottom line is she texted me that night and she's like, we put our order in. Oh, awesome. And so, again, she didn't know when she came into the appointment if she could even afford a Prius. And when we talked about it, because she had a plan, because she knew where her money was going to be allocated and what was going to provide the income she's going to need 10 and 20 years from now, she knew she now had some surplus income. And so she could go out and get one of those things that she always wanted that she can enjoy and have some fun with. And that's awesome as a financial advisor when you can kind of say, well, why don't we spend a little bit more and do this and have this? It's really fun to tell the clients, hey, take that big vacation or invite the whole family to come along with you or buy the car or whatever it is. And that's the fruits of your labor. But again, it takes the plan. It's making sure that you're being prudent with that. Because again, there's some clients that I can't give that advice to. Right. That they, they have enough to be able to be retired as long as they remain on their budget. But we can't splurge on some of those things because their financial situation doesn't allow that. But again, as an advisor, I can identify that. I can help them see that so that they can spend the money they can without jeopardizing their paycheck or their lunch money that they're going to need down the road. And that's what we all want, guys, to know that that money is going to last and it's going to be there when we need it, no matter when we decide to make that decision to retire. But think about that and uh, learn some lessons from Tim here this weekend. If you'd like to share this interview, we're going to share this, too, on our Facebook page. Just do a search for Acute Wealth Advisors or Success in the New Retirement Podcast and share that interview and share your wish list with us. Is it a Porsche? Is it a Tesla? Is it just knowing that you won't outlive your retirement savings? What's your goal? Share that with us on our website at successinthenewretirement.com. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.